Welcome to another episode of Red Pill Mail. I am your host, Rich. I hope you gentlemen are doing fantastic today. All right, guys, so I got a story here, and it's titled, Wife Cheated on Me with Best Friend from Church. I guess there's no, (laughs) even in church, there's no sanctity of marriage, Uh, and that's sad. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this and break this one down and see what kind of uh, uh, order we can bring out of the chaos. Me and my wife have been married for eight years now, and we have two sons. About three years ago, before my other son was even born, we used to go to a Christian church. Now, at this church, the pastors we loved a lot, they were always there for us like their own kids, which is why we moved so far to go to their church. At my new job, I was getting stressed out a lot. I never had a full staff and was always working when I would, uh, when I would come home, my wife would tell me if I was going to church and being so tired, I would tell her no. Just to remind you, they had church like four times a week. And at this point I was only going on Sundays. Well, that's really the only day that you're obligated to go. It's good if you could go more, but, um, ultimately, the holy day of uh, of worship is the day that you're, you're obligated to attend. All right. We would start arguing a lot because she said I wasn't showing her enough love and never paid attention to her and never wanted to go to church with her, which till this day I kind of get, but at the same time, I don't, I don't only be only because we would always go to the mall or always do something. So let's go ahead and stop real quick. All right. Uh, again, we've heard this cliche, this kind of played out scenario, right? Oh, you're not spending enough time with me. You don't pay enough attention to me. I'm bored. I'm not entertained. I'm not happy. I'm this. I'm that. I all these personal feelings that she has. And while yes, maybe she's feeling those things. I'm not going to say that she's not. I'm not going to discredit her feelings, okay? Uh again, th- that her marriage isn't about her feelings, okay? It's not about how you feel in that you know, particular moment or time. It's, again, I've said before, marriage isn't about personal happiness and, and feelings. It's about commitment and duty. And the and I'm going to keep saying that so people will understand the severity of marriage and that those vows are not guidelines, they're promises. They're, they're commitments you make to one another. This guy's working his ass off, apparently. He's very busy. He gets home, he's tired. He doesn't want to go to church that day. He says, I'm going to go on Sunday, the day that I'm obligated to go. There's nothing wrong with that. This is her issue. She has obviously has way more time in her day than he does if she can go to church four times a week. Again, it would be nice if you could go more often. But the thing is, this guy's tired. He just got done working his ass off. He's He wants to come home and rest like most people do. But see, 
here's the thing the people that and i'm going to assume that she either does a part-time job or she doesn't work at all uh mostly because she has time to go to church four times a week now that's that, that's really hard for somebody who's working full time okay and you're on your feet all day or something like that you know maybe that's the kind of job he works uh he says he's never full step that leads me to believe that maybe he's He's a manager. He's a maybe he's a manager of some sorts, and he's a responsible for some kind of establishment. And you know that being said, that can be a very demanding job. So again, here she is crying about I don't get enough attention. I'm not getting enough love and blah 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 blah. Get a dog, go watch a movie if you want companionship and and uh, entertainment in your life. The thing that people need to understand is that people think that routine and mundane is a bad thing. Oh, our marriage just got boring. Uh, it, it's so mundane and, and routine. That's a good thing. Again, it it beats being on a chaotic emotional roller coaster of always arguing and fighting and, 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 uh, you know, never getting along or bickering again, that doesn't mean that you ignore your problems and you never talk about them. It just means that, that your day in day out life that you're living isn't full of action pack excitement or romance. Okay. That's life. Get over it. It's, it's, I, I don't understand where people think that that you know being married means that you're gonna live happily ever after. You're always gonna have issues that arise that you're gonna have to handle. Being bored and feeling neglected is one of them because it's going to happen from time to time. And that goes to show you the the lack of commitment that women have to men nowadays. Now it like, I would never condone, even if he was out cheating himself and, and uh, out at the bars with his buddies or going to strip joints or whatever, I would never condone her to cheat, but this guy isn't doing that. Is he, he's not out at the bars or, or at strip clubs or, or, you know, uh, cheating on her. He's working his ass off for his family. But see, a lot of women, they, you know, and, and this is the thing is where perspective is everything because they don't see it that she doesn't see it that way. She just sees it as that, uh, he never has time for me. He's always too tired to do. Well, yes, because he's working a lot because he doesn't have, uh, you know, enough time in the day to do everything. Again, I, you know, yes, you have to put, as men, yes, we have to put the effort in. Yes, we have to try and make time. I get all that, okay? But there are going to be periods in people's lives and people's uh, relationships where that's not going to be feasible because you're just too busy as a man or, or as a couple that you may not see each other on a day-to-day -day basis. You may have that two ships passing in the night kind of thing. Those things happen. And as if people just need to understand that, you know, those things 
are essentially really we're going to make and break a relationship. You know, I always say adversity is, is builds character and um, adversity in a marriage is going to build character in your marriage. How do y'all handle that? How do you get through these tough times or rough patches? That's what's really going to make your marriage. It isn't the, you know, oh, I'm so entertained, I'm so happy. I'm so, because you see how those, those things are nothing but good. Yes. But what happens when it's bad times? Where's all that love and that, that oh, I love him so much. Oh, he's such a great husband, blah, 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 whatever they say. Where's that come up when there are hard times? No, what do you get? You get the, you know, I'm not being, I'm not being uh, uh, paid attention to enough. I'm bored. I'm, I feel that our marriage is stale. I want to go out. He doesn't. I want him to go to f- church four times a week with me, even though he knows he has to get up at 4.30 in the morning to be there by 5.30. And, you know, it's, it never stops, right? It, it's just one thing after another. And then they convince themselves, well, if I'm not going to get this attention and love, that I'm seeking from him, I'm going to go get it somewhere else. And this just this just boils down to being a selfish person. This boils down to somebody who doesn't really understand the concept of marriage. They like the idea of marriage. They like having the husband to come home to or, or be there and provide for them. But at the same time, they're not willing to accept all the good and bad things that come with marriage, okay? And this is a big problem in 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 society in our society especially and with women and men. You know, we're supposed to treat each other good in a relationship. Are we always going to be on good terms in a marriage? No. You're not. That's just how it goes. You're going to have your little fights, you're going to have your Times we're not very pleased with each other, but can you work through those and can you, and can you persevere, you know, through the rough patches? That's what you have to ask yourself. That's what marriage is really all about. All right, let's go ahead and uh, continue after I've ranted on long enough here. Uh, It's not a very long story, so I have to kind of stretch it out. Okay, so uh, again, I don't, uh, again, he says something here that I'm not really too comfortable with either. He's kind of giving her uh, like, he's kind of accepting the fact that, well, I kind of did, you know, I kind of brought this upon myself too, that my wife cheated on me because he says, you know, here, which till this day, I kind of get. But at the same time, I don't. So you really don't. He really doesn't get, but he's trying to, I, maybe he's just trying to be like, hey, I'm a reasonable guy. This, Your wife cheated on you with your best friend. There is no being reasonable about that, really. There is no, well, I kind of, bre-. no, like, again, I might have a little more leniency, although I don't think it's ever right to cheat. But if he was just doing things that he was supposed to as a husband, 
out at the strip clubs, out at the bars all, all night and coming home drunk, wasting the family money if he was a degenerate gambler or an addict or something like that's understandable for her to have some, you know, to, to be like, hey, I got a problem with your behavior. That's justified for her to say, uh, to bring that to light. The fact of the matter is he was working. He was busy working his ass off for her and their kid. Where's the appreciation in that? Where's the, you know, I know right now he's, he's, he's really hard. It's really hard for him at work. So I'm going to suck you up. I'm going to do my part and I'm going to try and make this marriage work. Again, men, you have to do the same thing. Okay. I know that, look, you have to understand as men, the burden of performance is always on us. It's always on our shoulders. We've just accepted this fact for, you know, throughout time. But as you see here, the moment this guy sits down to just relax now, you know, hey, I'm not, you're not spending enough time with me. <laughs> so, you know, and I don't agree with that first, that's that statement that he says, like he's kind of giving her a little bit of an out or trying to say like, oh, well, uh, you know, it's kind of my fault. I, you know, I get where she's coming from because I was so busy. No, no, dude, you weren't doing anything wrong. You were doing what you had to do for your family. You know, she's got all this time in the world to go to church four times a week and then complains about that, you know, well, you're not there with me or you're not. Why is it? Why? Why is her fidelity, you know, you know, based upon the attention and, 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 you know, it, her entertainment and attention factor. Why is it based upon her happiness and her, her, her attention? Why is it always, why is this always the played out cliche excuse that women use? You are never around. You're always too busy working, blah, 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 blah. You know, what, so your fidelity is based upon how entertained you are, how how much attention you're receiving, how love, how how loved you feel. You know, if that's the case, then don't even be married. Yeah, that's that's a, as honestly is a very shallow way of looking at your fidelity to justify the fact that you're gonna sleep with somebody who isn't your your husband. Well. He didn't pay me attention, so I'm going to go get attention from somewhere else. This guy was there at church four times a week. This guy is a good friend of ours. I like him, and I'm going to have an affair with him now. You see how selfish that sounds. Uh, my husband's too busy working so I'm going to go get attention elsewhere. That sounds, you know, it sounds crazy because it is. It's it is crazy. It's 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 irrational thinking. But you see women do this all the time. You see men do this too. Oh, she doesn't have sex with me enough. Or oh, she doesn't do this in bed. She doesn't do that in bed. I like fellatio and she doesn't like doing it you know 
So I'm going to go get it somewhere else. That's just being selfish. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that women aren't supposed to, you know, service their men's needs. You, obviously, you're obligated to do that, you know, and you should want to do that is that's your husband and you love him and you want him to be happy. You know, and I'm not saying like, oh, you know, whenever there, of course, there's exceptions that are made for certain times of the month or certain medical conditions or certain time periods. You know, her dad just dies. It's like, hey, honey, let's go into the bedroom and have some sex. Get your mind off of it. No, dude, that's not acceptable. <laughs> okay. So now y'all kind of understand where I'm coming from. All right. But, you know, going months without doing, you know, to, to, or holding it like kind of at ransom or using it, you know, to, uh, to get things that you want, you know, to try and leverage power in your relationship. That is probably one of the most despicable things a woman can do to her husband next to cheating on the, the most despicable thing she can do is cheat on him. But that is second that's second place. All right, let's go ahead and continue. Uh, let's see here. Okay, he says he kind of get he kind of gets it, but not really because they would go to the mall and go out and stuff like that. So he's like, I we did things together, but you know, but she, it still wasn't enough for her. So. No, it never is. That's not the point. That's the that's that's what I'm trying to make. That whole I need attention, I need to blah blah blah. That's not really yeah, that's not really what it is. It's it's that they are a selfish individual and they care more about their wants and desires than they do their obligation, their duty, and commitment. That is somebody who does not need to be married. And essentially does not probably need to have children either. <laughs> All right. So he says here, he go, go on, let's continue. <laughs> he goes on to say, uh, well, I started noticing she was texting on her phone all night. And I mean all night. Wow, that's crazy. And when I asked who she was talking to, she would tell me her best friend from church, which is fine by me because we, uh, we hang out. Uh, we hang out with them a lot, which was another young couple from church, which was the pastor's nephew. Excuse me, guys. Okay, so I I need more to go on this. Was she telling him that it was the female of this young couple? The or was it the pastor's nephew, which is also his friend? Is was that who she's texting? Because that see, that would be a problem. That's like if my wife was texting one of my friends who's maybe married and he's she's texting him all the time. I'd have a problem with that. I'm like, wait, 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 why are you texting my friend who's a male? See, this is the problem with when. You know, I know a lot of people call it mate guarding or whatever, but you, you kind of have to sometimes. Here's the thing. It's one thing if two females are texting each other. Say there's a couple, right? There's my wife and I and another couple. 
And it's one thing if the if the wives are texting each other and they go out to lunch or something. That's one thing. It's a different thing. Just think about it, guys. Would you want your wife or your girlfriend to go to lunch or or be talking to your best friend or a friend, a good friend of yours all the time? Oh, I just go out to lunch with him. Oh, I do that. I do that. Yeah. No. No, uh, I would not do that. I would not uh, uh, be comfortable with that. If a friend of mine, uh, a male friend of mine was taking my wife out to lunch or spending, uh, you know, uh, spending way too much time with her alone. Um, it's one thing if it's the two wives and the two husbands do things together. You know, we go golfing or we go hunting or fishing or something. And the the women go, you know, do whatever it is they do. Get their nails done or <laughs> whatever, shop. Whatever it is you, you females want to do. It's another thing when you switch those roles, okay? I think that's very disrespectful to your marriage, to your husband, not being chaperoned and having another man there that isn't your husband. Uh, and again... Again, a lot of people are going to try to have these nuanced ways to say, well, you're just insecure. You're just, no, it's not about being insecure. It's about limiting the risk of something happening. Case in point, this story, right? How many other stories have you heard that are just like this? You could essentially changed up a little bit of the narrative, but the, the whole point is woman feels neglected at home. Friend is there. Male friend is there and things happen. And she cheats on her husband. It's the same old story over and over again. This is why you have to have boundaries in your relationship. You have to have a set rules about, hey, I don't want you really associating with this guy at work because he hits on you or you told me that he has taken an interest in you. I don't think it's, I don't like the fact that he's talking to you on a personal level. Would you please Make sure it's always on a professional level out of respect for our relationship and our marriage. That's not an unreasonable request. But these new age progressive types will say, oh, you're just being insecure. Oh, you're just trying to control your woman, your wife. You know, she's got a mind and, and thoughts of her own. She can talk to whoever she wants. Sure she can. But what does that lead to a lot of times? Just because you can you can do something doesn't mean that you always should. Just because I can, you know, run out, I can run out in the middle of traffic doesn't mean that I should. I can, I'm totally free to do that, right? But does that make it safe? Does it make it right? Does Do I potentially... Uh, do I have the potential of hurting someone else, not only myself? Sure, sure. 
you know, doesn't mean that it makes it right, though. But I could do it if I want. I can participate in all kinds of reckless behavior. Doesn't make it right. I can go skydiving without a parachute and hope that I don't kill myself, too. Doesn't make it right. Again, the point I'm trying to make here is you're limiting risk. Why do something that is going to put you in a compromising situation? Especially you guys nowadays, too. All this Me Too stuff and, you know, the Title IX. So, which, look, granted, at one time, it was a big problem. You know, when the boss could tell his secretary all kinds of dirty jokes and there wasn't a thing she could do about it. Now he can't do that. And that's a good thing that he can't do that. But again, at, at all that is, is that, that that's just having common decency for the workplace, having respect for your coworkers because that's not work-related stuff, right? Now, I'm not trying to sound like some kind of, you know, Title IX advocate. I'm just saying there's a time and a place for certain conversations and and there's a time and a place for other kinds of conversation. And, and you have to understand that in the work environment, sometimes those conversations where guys are, you know, in the break room in a common area talking about, you know, this, you know, hey, I took this chick home from the bar last night and we did this and did that. And Amy is sitting right behind them hearing this whole thing. You know, that might not be that great. That might not look that great. Well, it's not involving her. It has nothing to do with her. She's not part of the conversation. She's still in the proximity of hearing you say maybe certain vulgar things that you were doing to this girl. <laughs> You know, certain things that you would only see in pornographic films. And that's not really the time and place for that. Now, if you're somewhere else that's, you know, and and it's not mixed company like that. Then by all means, you could probably have that conversation. I'm just saying, be careful what you say. Be careful what you do. And again, going back, I know I kind of got off track here with this whole thing that we're talking about, about men and women and who can be friends with who, you know, and we kind of just, I kind of just went down this rabbit hole of things. You know, I'm just saying it, there is, you know, should be some guidelines about, you know, how you, how you handle friends, how, how you interact with friends in your marriage. You should talk about these things. It's okay to say, hey, look, I don't want you hanging out with Bill, my best friend, and going to lunch with him and spending all this extra time with him at church. I don't think that's right. If he's with his wife, it's one thing because the wife's there. He's got his wife there. So the, the, you know, the potential of something happening is going to be dramatically less because his wife is there. Unless, you know, Bill is a boss and he's got it like that and he can have your wife and his. Well, <laughs> you know, some guys can do it. 
But anyways, here's the thing when it comes to that. I can see the women doing stuff together. I can see the men doing stuff together, you know, going out to uh, doing manly things like working on a car or going hunting or something like that or whatever. (laughs) And women doing their stuff. And I could see getting together as couples and going out and doing things as as a couple. Okay. But what I don't see is the husband of one relationship with the wife of another and them going out and doing stuff. That's where I think uh, that's where it's going to be a real big problem. Okay. Let's go ahead and continue. You know what? Let me go ahead and stop and we will be back in the second segment. So I'll pick this up when we get back. All right, guys, welcome back to the second part Uh, where I left off was that he was asking his wife, who, who are you texting? She said, I'm texting our friends from church. Uh, And he was like, okay, you know, and I, okay. I, I believe I just went through the whole, you know, why men and women shouldn't uh, interact with each other when it comes to like, oh, the this husband from this couple hanging out with that wife from that couple and spending a lot of time together. You know, that, again, it's all about limiting risk and exposure to a potential, you know, uh, incident from happening. Case in point, this is exactly what I'm talking about, right? They're Thousands, probably millions of stories, just like this guy's story here. So uh, he says here, uh, we all played in a church band together and we hung out a lot. Uh, My best friend was Daniel. So Daniel is the scumbag uh, that cheated on his wife. And let me just say some, you know, it's one thing you're, you know, it's one thing to cheat on your wife. It's not right. It's, uh, obviously I say it's wrong. Um, but you're at another level of, of scum when you cheat on your friend's wife, your best friend's wife too, or with your best friend's wife. You know, you, you cheat on your wife with your best friends. You're at a new level of scumbag. You know, you you are the dog crap on the bottom of my shoe, you know, kind of thing. Uh, That, that, that is just the lowest of the low, one of the lowest of the lows that a guy can do to another guy is diddle his wife. But it happens all the time, right? We see it happen all the time. So he goes on to say, Months go by, and one day my wife is crying in the bathroom. And I go up to her like, what's wrong? And she says, I'm pregnant. And last time, when she found out, she made a big deal about it, and she was happy. But this time, she was crying. So I told her I was excited for our new baby and hoping that it was a girl. And she just kept crying even harder. And I told, and I asked her again, what's wrong? And she told me she had a confession to make. My heart sank into my stomach. He already knew, like, the case kind of, man, this is weird. She was ecstatic last time. And now she's 
crying about it. So obviously he's about to hear his fears or his that that little warning bell going off in his head is about to, you know, uh, be pretty accurate. So she told me she didn't know if it was mine or my best friend's, which we would hang out all the time. I immediately knew it wasn't mine because she always forced, forced me to use protection. <laughs> and when she told me they had been having sex and each time was without a condom because he said he couldn't have kids. Jeez. <laughs> uh, let me just stop here real quick. Okay, because the irrational logic that this woman has, she's like, oh, well, he says he can't have kids. Oh, he says he doesn't have an STD. You know, do, does she really know if he's having an affair with other women? If he's seen other women too and not just her? I mean, it's very possible he could be. It's very possible he could be lying about having kids because he knows that he's not worried about the ramifications of it. Or maybe it's just that he can't have kids with his wife. And they were told that, well, y'all just can't have kids. And he thinks, oh, I can't have kids. <laughs> Either way, why would you even take a chance on some guy's word? Just saying, oh, well, he says he can't. What you're, look, again, not condoning cheating, but if you're going to, why would you risk any kind of exposure to a, 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 an STD or a pregnancy by not making this guy wear some kind of protection. You force your husband to do it because you don't want to get pregnant when y'all, you know, from having sex. So you're forcing the one person that you should be open to having children with, but not the guy who, you know, you're just laying him nut inside of you because he said he can't have kids. Well, obviously that's not true. So let's go ahead and continue. Well, she wanted an abortion. Jeez. So I drove her to get one. And ever since uh, then we had sex without protection and she immediately got pregnant again. And this time my second son was born. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go on a little uh, tangent here about this. As I've mentioned, I am Christian. I'm Catholic, actually, which is still Christian. Most people don't know that, but it is. I, I am not an advocate of the pro-choice movement. I, I do. I'm pro-life, obviously, if I'm a Christian. These people say they're Christian, but yet still, you know, took part in, in an abortion. And the thing is, is that, you know, she made bad choice. And it's going to sound like I'm attacking her, but understand something. I'm holding her accountable. I'm not going after her uh, because... 
she had an abortion. I know that these women are told all kinds of things to rationalize and make it seem like that's not a real baby that you're killing. It's just a clump of cells or, or, you know, uh, from a Christian perspective, I've heard them use the terminology or, or terms like, well, God would understand God is, will, will, you know, will understand you doing this. You know, when you think God was, who's a loving and merciful God would, would understand your choice. So I understand that these women are told all kinds of, you know, you know, lies essentially to rationalize what is actually happening in this process of abortion. And what I'm going to say about this is that she made bad choices. She chose to have sex with a man who isn't her husband. She chose not to use contraception in any way, birth control. And, and, and let's face it, there's all kinds of uh, contraception out there. There's literally, you know, multitudes of contraception. And she chose to not use any of it just because this guy said, I can't have kids. And now an innocent baby is killed who's not guilty of anything but existing, I guess. And it's killed because of her poor choices and the and and the guy she's sleeping with, Daniel's poor choices as well. This is why I'm not very sympathetic when it comes to these things. I understand that they're told all kinds of things. I'm not trying to blame her and, and shame her, although she should feel shame. What I am doing is holding her accountable for her poor choices, which ultimately led to her killing an innocent child. She said... I made these poor choices. I made this guy. She had numerous opportunities to prevent this. Ultimately, the biggest one being don't sleep with a guy who isn't your husband. But because of her selfish choices, now you have now you, now you have an innocent child who's who's essentially going to be killed because of hers and Daniel's selfish choices because they wanted to have an affair and she didn't want to do, to do anything to prevent that all on the all on the basis that she said that that Daniel said he couldn't have kids so the fact that I got pregnant oh my god how did this happen Maybe Daniel was lying. Maybe Daniel just couldn't have kids with his own wife. Maybe Daniel was told he was, that he was sterile. Or maybe he had a vasectomy. You know, the thing is, is that those aren't 100%. They can always get botched. They can always, something can always happen. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not 100%. So... The thing is, there's always still a chance that life can happen. 
And obviously this woman is essentially she's pretty fertile. She's already had one kid. She was able to conceive another. And then shortly after that, conceive another. <laughs> so obviously she doesn't have a problem having children. So again, I'm not really, I'm not attacking her. I'm holding her accountable for her choices, which ultimately leads to the killing of her, of her child. Again, you don't have to agree with me. I've heard all the arbitrary arguments for abortion. They're not swaying me in any way. You're not going to convince me that it's a clump of cells, that it's not really a human being because it doesn't have conscious thought or, or it's, the, the, it's not viable on its own or something like that. Infants aren't viable on their own. A newborn is not viable. It has to have some kind of care. Otherwise, it'll die. So just because you're inside the womb or outside the womb makes a little difference in your viability. Anyways, let's go ahead and move on from this, okay? I think I said enough that I need to say again. You don't have to agree with me, but hey, it's my show, so I'll say what I feel like. <laughs> Uh, where do we leave off here? Okay. His second son was born and, uh, he says, I would, I would have left her, but at that, at that time, my grandpa who lived with me passed away and I didn't want to be alone. So now he's faced with his wife cheating on him, her having another man's baby, them getting an abortion or her getting an abortion, which, you know, she's going to have to live with that one. Okay. That's going to be grief and trauma on her own end. And see, and, and they don't talk, they don't talk about that a lot, you know, but a lot of women, lots more than the ones who shout it and celebrate it. Lots more have tremendous trauma and grief after getting an abortion. But they don't like telling you those things, do they? Because that's a negative outlook on that process. Okay. So, and, and then his grandfather died, who I, I'm assuming he was pretty close to because he was living with him. And so he's like, I don't want to be alone. Okay, dude, I get that. But, you know, at the same time, you're not, they're probably not even dealing with this problem. This is a lot. This is a a massive, massive, uh, you know, mess that, that, uh, she's essentially got herself into that. She's got her family into. So he says here, um, he says here, uh, now fast forward till, till today, it haunts me every day. And what's worse is I feel like, uh, I feel like she is doing it again. Wow. Okay. I'll explain that here in a sec. Why, why she probably is. Uh, she went back to church, but not the same one. Well, she, I guess she's got a, got a type, right? Um, but not the same one. And now she comes home at crazy times and she leaves the kids with me one day and takes them the next. 
I don't know what to do. I don't love her, but uh, I don't want my kids to have to suffer because they really love her, but she doesn't take care of them. And of course they love me too, but they prefer their mom and I don't know what to do. Okay. Well, you're just kind of screwed, buddy. You're screwed, blued, and tattooed. <laughs> now, um, again, this, uh, again, I would try to tell people to salvage their marriage, but this might not be. I mean, it would take a tremendous amount of work on both their parts uh, to try and get back to some kind of civil respect in their in their uh relationship to begin with and then try to build on that again um it it's it really is a miracle if if two people can go through everything that they've gone through right now and still come out together the problem with this whole thing about and i get because of the kids and and stuff like that the problem with that is is that it usually will still manifest uh, arguments and the lack of of affection that's being displayed between the parents, you know, and that the children see. And children are, believe it or not, are kind of are kind of, you know, uh, intuitive when it comes to these. They pick up on these things. They pick up on social cues and stuff like that. And they can know, mom and dad ain't talking to each other. I think there's something wrong with them. You know, and and they don't see them being loving and affectionate uh, affectionate towards each other. They may get that from their parents, but they're not seeing it with their parents. You know, seeing them hugging or kissing. You know, uh, and I mean like respectful. I don't mean a makeout session, guys. Okay, <laughs> not being sick here. I'm just saying. You know, not no no small signs of affection are are being displayed between the husband and wife. So, you know. Obviously, these kids, is, and especially as they get older, can can you know pick up on these social cues a little bit better. So, you know, again, I would I would say, yeah, try and salvage it. But you know, he he doesn't love her. She obviously doesn't respect him because if if he's saying that she feel he feels like she's doing it again, she probably is. Uh, a lot of times, what happens is when a man takes back a woman who's cheated on him, they wind up losing respect for him. What little respect they had is, is gone. And now they're going to start looking for somebody that they can respect. And, uh, and a lot of times they wind up leaving the, uh, leaving the husband um, because they're like, dude, like you, I did this to you and you're, taking me back like rather than being thinking like oh i'm grateful that you're giving me a second chance it's more along the lines that you know oh uh you know i i'm i i can't respect a man who who you know lets himself be treated like crap and then uh ex you know accepts that back again you know accept somebody back again that treated him so poorly um, it's a weird psychology when it comes to it, but it's just, that's just how it is sometimes, uh, with some women, again, if she was truly, you know, remorseful and, and felt true guilt for what she did, 
it would take it, it would take a lot of work. Essentially, it'd be a miracle if people could work back. You know, so ultimately, what could avoid all this? Oh well, you just don't cheat on each other, and that would probably help most of these problems. Uh, that doesn't mean that people aren't compatible or people don't grow distant or apart. You know, you still have to put in the work in your marriage. It's not just like, oh, well, if we don't cheat on each other, our marriage will be fine. No, you still have to put in time, effort, emotion into each other, into the marriage. And that's just the problem nowadays. People don't want to do that. People don't want to sacrifice anything if it means that I can't get what I want out of life. You know, and here's the other thing. Here's the, the thing that bothers me all the time is that like a lot of men and women need to understand this. when you cheat, you're not just cheating on your spouse. You cheat on your family, you cheat on your kids. You're opening the potential of depriving them from a two parent home. And, and for what, for what purpose? Because you are feeling unhappy. You're feeling uh, unappreciated at the time, you know, and, and so that gives you, that, that gives you some kind of justification in your head. You build it up, uh, you know, men and women both built this up to say, it's okay if I go do this because it's for me. I'm not, I, I, I'm just going to do this and I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to you know, I'm, I'm going to go and have my fun because I'm not feeling adequate with the relationship I'm in. I, I, I'm going to do what I want to do. What did I say? I've said before, what's the biggest killer of a, of a marriage, of a relationship? is I, me, myself, and I. But you know what? Our society has conditioned us to... Think this way to love yourself and always do what feels good, you know, for you. Essentially, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to be holy roller here, but essentially, that's a very demonic way of looking at it. If you want to really look at the tents of Satanism and all that, it's all about self love, right? It's, it's about being selfish. And that's the world that we're we're living. That's the world that we're 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 told is right. Do what feels good. Not what necessarily is right, because what is right might not feel good to you. What is right might be the harder and and more rough road to go down. What is right is gonna take effort and time and patience, and it's gonna take longer. But let's live in this self-indulgent, self-centered world that, that society has built for us, you know, instant gratification, that, that's the world that, that we live in, but we, we have to get out of that mindset. That's what society has said. This, this is where we are. Focus way, focusing way too much on oneself and not on, community and family and and marriage and, and, and how those should operate how those how important those things are to us as human beings 
and uh, and they're totally opposing opposites family unity community individualism selfishness self-love self-indulgent behavior you know i want i desire do what feels good totally opposite because if you understand the tense of being in a family and being in a marriage you know that it's not about you it's about what's good for the family what's good for your marriage and if that means that you have to go without that's what it's going to take to make it work love is sacrifice love true love is about sacrifice it's not about self-love it's not about loving oneself yes you are supposed to have respect and dignity for yourself that is self-love having respect and dignity and values and morals is self-love that is loving oneself it's not about you know body positivity it's not about indulging in all these you know all these desires and and wants that you may have those things break apart marriages those things break apart families and that is what society has geared us towards focusing on oneself opposed to focusing on family and marriage and unity and unfortunately if you're going to take the path of marriage you're going to take the path of family you're going to have to check yourself at the door because those two ideologies aren't going to work all right guys i hope you enjoyed this episode and i'll catch you on the next one take care